Welcome to the Morning Upgrade Podcast with Ryan Cote, where we feature casual conversations with entrepreneurs about personal development and growth. Hey, Jane, welcome to the Morning Upgrade Podcast. How are you? I'm great, Ryan. Thank you. And I'm delighted to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to talk with you. Um, we had some nice, uh, nice chat before recording. Now we're live, so let's uh, let's start off by telling everyone, you know, my audience of morning upgraders, who you are, uh, what you do for a living, and then some of your hobbies. I'm Dr. Jane Tornator, and I'm a therapist and a coach and a speaker. And actually, honestly, one of my hobbies is self growth and. And personal development. I've done it for over 25 years. I love it. And it's a geeky thing to do, but I love it. I also love reading fantasy novels of like, you know, magic and good winning over evil. And I love probably more than anything else swimming in the ocean. I'll swim in any water, but the ocean, it's the best. And we were talking before we start recording about how you love using uh, some of the previous guests, Bella, she mentioned the rebounder, which is like a personal yeah. trampoline that you jump up on, jump yeah. up and down on for exercise. And you were saying you do the same thing. Oh, every day. I only do it for 10 minutes a day. And I, I have to tell you, I'm 59 years old and my muscles are actually firmer now than before I started using it for 10 minutes a day. It's it's weird how effective it is. I'm just like an evangelist for the rebounder, especially Celicizer. They're awesome. <laughs> that sounds like a lot. Of, I mean, honestly, 10 minutes. I mean, I, I've been on trampolines before. I'm thinking about doing that continuously for 10 minutes. And Right? Yeah. It's a tough. lot of work. Plus, one of my things in life, and, and I'm, I'm doing it more and more, is bringing more fun to my life. And do you remember when you were a kid and you would jump up and down on the bed and your parents would say, stop jumping on the bed, but we jumped on it because it was so fun. So now we get to yeah. do it for real anytime we want. If you, Well, actually, you can still jump on your bed, but it's more fun on the rebounder. <laughs> yeah. And you're helping your heart at the same time. So. Exactly. Yep. Win-win. Win-win-win. I usually start off with morning routines, but you mentioned happiness. So let's just kind of, let's, let's uh, go right there uh, to start happiness. You know, what does that mean to you? What's, what's your definition of happiness? How do you feed your happiness and fulfillment? Awesome. So I'm a perfectionist. So when I think about happiness, I think of, I have to be happy all the time and I'm, I'm failing if I'm not. So, you know, I always, with any personal growth stuff, I always morph it to make it mine to get rid of my perfectionist um, tendencies. So um, instead of happiness, I go for um, contentment and a mm-hmm. sense of inner peace and calm. Because as a perfectionist, I've, I, one of my innate habits is to believe that I'm never doing enough I'm never good enough. There's always more I should be doing that kind of, you know, silly message that I learned. And so feeling like it's enough and, oh, this moment, I can be calm in this moment. This moment is enough. I can be allowing what's happening in this moment. So that whatever's happening around me, whether there's chaos or calm, I can have a chance at having that inner calm. So for me, I made happiness dependent on external circumstances, which if they're met, I can be happy. But for inner peace and calm, those can be met regardless of what's happening outside, which is not to say if there's chaos outside, it's super easy for me to get into the calm, but it just means that it that is more available to me and um, more sustainable than happiness. So that's how I've morphed that concept. 
Yeah, I like that view of it. Like, I mean, I've, I've actually thought about changing the question a little bit because to be, to think it's realistic to be happy all the time, I think that's not realistic. But I think right. having like that inner peace and that that inner gratitude and the contentment, where you're just like things are good. I'm feeling feeling content. I'm feeling like the inner peace, like you mentioned. I think that's achievable most yeah. days. Yeah. You're absolutely right. And I love that you're mentioning gratitude. And I know you've mentioned it in with past guests too. I've got a little different slant on that as a perfectionist. So part of my morning routine and right before I go to bed, you know, the morning and nighttime are the most powerful times to set our mindset, really. So before I even get out of bed, I used to do a list of things I was grateful for. But as a perfectionist, I kept saying, really? You're mentioning your cat again? Can't don't you have something else? Or that's boring. Think of another thing. Or that's too small. Or that's whatever. I would critique my list, and so it would take me out of gratitude. So what I decided was to feel gratitude in my body. So I would something take something I always feel grateful for, and I would literally feel the physical sensation that produced in my body. So I can produce that any time, and it has the extra bonus because I'm a major brain geek of. When we're feeling something, it activates more neurons in our brain. So literally more neurons are firing with gratitude or whatever thought or thing we're wanting to create. We're using more of our brain to do it. So we've got more of our brain to bring it back when we're focusing on bringing it back. Does that make sense? Yeah, I love gratitude practice. I think it's such a simple but powerful exercise. I make my kids do it before they go to bed. I do it every morning as part of my morning routine. So do you meditate? I do. The reason I'm asking, I want to learn more about how you meditate, but I've been playing around with, so I use Insight Timer. It's a free app, though there's a paid version too, but they've got these guided meditations and there's one on gratitude practice. So I don't uh-huh. know if I would say it's guided meditation. It's, it's, it is guided meditation, but it's also visualization because they're making you visualize mm-hmm. things like a light in your heart with gratitude and how you feel. So it made me think of you know what you just said with your with your morning practice of feeling gratitude. There's med- there's guided meditations for those that are interested in listening to this that help with that whole gratitude process. Yeah, I think the more senses we can use with any practice, the more it lights up our brain. So the more we're wiring it in. I would wager to say that at, th- at least this point in my personal knowledge and life and practice, I'd say my gratitude practice is the most powerful thing I do. Because it, it one, it builds the neural pathways and it gets our conscious and our subconscious mind to focus on what we already have in our life that we're grateful for. We, we're always going to have stuff that, oh, I wish I had that. And, oh, I wish if this were here, I'd be so happy. But we forget to put our focus on what is already here that is so delightful. And our life really is what we focus on. If I'm focusing on what I'm missing, my life is just missing all sorts of crap. But if I'm focusing on, God, these, look at that. Like when the pandemic first started, I would look out and look at the birds. And I was so delighted with the birds because I live alone. And I thought, this is not going to be a pretty picture. But the birds were just so delightful to listen to and these little beings flying all over. And so I immediately had that sense of peace and calm, even though I, along with everybody else in the world, didn't know what was going to happen. So gratitude, geez, if there's one thing I would leave your listeners with, and you do this really well, and the ones I've heard you, is gratitude. Feel grateful for even the smallest things. And it does, 
with enough practice, change how we view our life. No, we're you're speaking to a believer, so you don't have to sell me on it. I think it's. Uh, I'm even like as I'm recording this, I, I've got like a home office, and uh, I'm looking out the my, uh, the window um, to the front of my house, and there's the leaves are starting to fall down, so it's really nice yeah. looking, and things like that, like things like I wouldn't wouldn't have normally picked up before I started doing this, the gratitude practice. I notice right? things differently now, and it's taken a little while to get to that point, but I'm there, and it's I notice things a little. I notice things, simple things like that that before would have just gone unnoticed. Right? And that's because you're training your brain to do it. You're training your brain to look at what you find delightful and what you are grateful for. So your subconscious is running the program and looking for stuff and going, hey, Ryan, look at that. Hey, Ryan, look at the lead. I mean, it's just, you are literally programming your brain to look for that. It's brilliant. Nicely done. (laughs) You too. Well, so, okay, so gratitude practice, it's a pillar habit. Any other habits you have that you can share with us? Well, there's that rebounder that I'm delightful. It just makes me so happy. Especially as life gets busy again, I find that taking five minutes of quiet time is so important to me because there's so much input now with all the information we could gather. I could be having information coming at me 24-7, but that's actually not good for our brain. And having those little moments of time where you're just like no stimulation and you're just you with yourself, maybe noticing your thoughts, maybe noticing your breathing, maybe noticing the bird sound. It creates a sense of spaciousness. I mean, like it's weird. If I can take five minutes, no matter how busy we are, we can always have five minutes. But if I take them in the middle of my day somewhere, my whole day has more moments of feeling spacious in it. It's it's one of those multiplier kind of practices like gratitude. Do you schedule it? Like, what does that look like? Do you have a certain time of day you do that? Or is it more just like it comes to your mind and you, and you take you take the five minutes of, of silence? Um, well, I've learned to schedule it because for me, if I don't do it, I if I don't schedule it, I don't do it. Just how my brain works. So I take a break in between clients and I have lunch and then I'll do five or 10 minutes of just laying down flat with no stimulation. And that's an addition to my meditation practice every day. You seem very tuned into your feelings. Obviously, you said you've been doing personal growth for for a long time. I'm just curious. And this is a very personal question, but the meaning of life to you, like what what is the meaning of life? It's going to be a big answer, and it's one that I'm living into because you know, as a perfectionist, I want to be I want to be perfect now. But this one, I can't be perfect now. I do a little like a, an opening prayer or mantra or something when I open my practice for the day. And I always ask that my words, thoughts, and actions be for the highest good for all. Because that's really what I want. I want whatever I do. And this is not going to, clearly, I'm, I'm not 100% on this. I would like to be like 51%. But I want my words to be kind. I want my actions to be clear and kind and helpful, but yet with boundaries. So I really want whatever I do to make the world a better place. Does that come easy to you? Like in the moments of struggle (laughs) when you're trying to get it right and it's not happening, like what do you do? Like what's your approach to handling, I guess, any type of challenge? How do you approach challenges? That is such a fabulous question, Ryan. I've learned so much self-compassion. And that's as as a, well, a therapist, you just learn compassion. If you don't have compassion, you're kind of like not going to be a good therapist. It was learning the self-compassion though that made me even a better therapist and coach. 
because I have these, like I was listening to somebody and they were talking about, we have these goals and then we proceed to beat ourselves up because we haven't met the goals yet. But she said, it's like, if you decide you're going to travel from New Jersey to San Francisco and you get in the car and you're driving and you're filling up the gas and you're driving, and then you get to Colorado and you're like, why am I not in San Francisco yet? I was supposed to be in San Francisco. My goal is San Francisco. I've been driving for days. Why am I not in San That's what we do when we set these goals and then beat ourselves up for not being there. So I like to think of them as, as guideposts. Like that's how I would like to lead. That's the light which is leading me toward my best life on earth. So I fail all the time, but I just, actually, I literally put my hand over my heart and say, you know, you're okay. You are literally doing the best you can. I know you want to do better and it's important to practice and you are doing the best you can. So keep at it. And so it's that self-compassion, which really, oh my goodness, once I learned self-compassion, which was not until my 40s, honestly, um, my self-growth and my work in the world skyrocketed because I went with compassion versus beating myself up to meet that goal or start that habit or you know whatever, whatever I decided I wanted to do. Yeah, it's a really good point you're making, Jane, because yeah, we all have goals, especially people listening to this podcast, they likely have goals. And yeah. uh, sometimes it can be tricky focusing on the end result you want because there's that gap of where you are and where you want to be. And sometimes, especially when you're starting out, that gap's pretty big and it can get frustrating. But um, focusing on the steps that you need to take to get to the goal, not really worrying, not really worrying so much about the destination, more about the the steps that you need or the actions that you need to take to get to the goal. That's yeah. in your control is the activities that you take to get to the end destination. I find that really helps. Just focus on the actions you need to take and not yeah. necessarily, oh my, like I'm, I'm like years away from getting this, accomplishing this goal. Right? You know? And then rewarding ourselves with each step or action. When we reward ourselves for uh, taking action, then it, it produces something called acetylcholine in our brain, which tells your brain, oh, do more of that. That's important. Wire that in, do more of that. So when we are expressing appreciation for ourselves or rewarding ourselves just by going, good job, we're helping our brain be wired to do more of it. But if we agree more. Up, then we're like, oh, that goal, that sucks. I feel awful when I make that goal. So I'm not going to do the goal. So we do the exact opposite. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. I've got one last question for you. And actually, this is the first time so far that I've ended asking about your morning routine. So getting crazy here on the Morning Afraid podcast. Usually <laughs> I leave the question, but... <laughs> so yeah, why don't we end with you telling everyone, well, share your website and all that. But first, let's talk about your morning routine and then okay. share how, how everyone can uh, learn more about you. So I love that you're doing this morning routine because it is so important in setting up the rest of our day. So I wake up and then before I even get out of bed, I focus on feeling gratitude. And then I send love to the world because the world needs it and it makes me feel really good to do it. And then I get up and feed my cats. But then I make myself a cup of tea and I get back into bed and I read something that I want to read. Mostly it's about personal growth. Sometimes it's poetry. Sometimes it's when I get really wild, I'll just read fiction just because it's fun. But I read something for about half an hour and then I get up and do my stretches because... 
the older I get, the more I realize how symbolic what we choose to do is. So stretching my body first thing in the morning really feels like symbolic to stretching myself you know, to be bigger in the world. And then I jump on my rebounder and I say some affirmations that make me feel good to say them instead of ones that are like, I should feel this way, but I don't. So I'm like, I work affirmations until I'm, yeah, I love that one. And then I will say it as I'm jumping on the rebounder. So it's a two for one. It is a two for one because I, I I don't have a rebounder, but I'd imagine that it's hard to be in a bad mood jumping up and down on a trampoline combined exactly. with the affirmations. Exactly. It's, like, it's a one-two punch. Love that. Yeah. Well, this was great, Jane. Time flew by. Loved speaking with you. If the audience wants to connect with you, where should we send them? Oh, to my website, everydaylove.me, and then backslash body test. Because one of the things I've really come to realize is that our body gives us so much information, but that we were taught to ignore it because we spend so much time in our head. So I've got a great uh, free thing there to help people tap into their body's wisdom to make decision making easier. Excellent. We will link that up in the show notes. Thanks again, Jane. This was great. Thank you, Ryan. I really, really enjoyed it. Thanks for listening to the Morning Upgrade podcast. Please subscribe and review. And don't forget to visit us at morningupgrade.com for more content.